You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. I'm excited to welcome back returning guest, Rachel Grant. Rachel and I have collaborated on several times, and I always appreciate her willingness to come back on Beyond Your Past and share her insight. She's a sexual abuse survivor coach with an MA in counseling psychology and passionate about neuroscience and how our brain is not only affected by trauma, but how it can heal as well. In this conversation, we are chatting about the struggles of survivors living in this day and age of so much violence and stigma being tossed around the quote-unquote mentally ill And how that label was used in reference to mass shootings, world leaders, gun control, and so many other areas these days. And that can take a serious toll on those of us who struggle on a daily basis already. We also cover trying to make a difference and getting involved in causes that we believe in, and how far we try and take that mission to institute change in the areas that we are passionate about. All this and so much more, so let's jump right into my recent chat with friend, colleague, and all-around incredible survivor and advocate, Rachel Grant. Hey, Rachel, welcome back to the show, my friend. It's so great to have you back here on the podcast. How are you? (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Always a pleasure to be here with you. I'm doing well. Awesome. Awesome. It is indeed a pleasure. Uh, For those who um, are not familiar with Rachel, she's been on the podcast. I think this might be the fourth time. So why don't we give, um, give you a chance to just say a little bit about yourself, who you are, and the kind of work that you do, and then we'll jump right into the podcast. All right, fantastic. So hi, everyone. Nice to be here with you all. And thank you for tuning in. And just to give you a little bit of a sense of who I am, I work with survivors of childhood sexual abuse, who are just really sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable and burdened by the past. And I help them break free of that pain and move on with their lives through my Beyond Surviving program, which really came about uh, as a result of my own journey of healing from sexual abuse and uh, combined with the, you know, the lessons I learned while doing my master's in counseling psychology and also, as Matt knows, and if you've all listened to me before, my study of neuroscience, that's really where one of my biggest passions is. And in many ways, I credit neuroscience for saving my life and helping me transform my own experience, because as I I really begin to understand the impact of trauma on the brain, that really led me to the solutions and the strategies and the tools that I use to first and foremost change my life, but then that I now teach men and women uh, every day across this country and around the world. Awesome. Your work is just incredible. I'm a huge fan. Um, And yeah, definitely check out uh, Rachel's podcast as well. You can find it on iTunes and I will uh, be sure and link it in the show notes and in the blog post and uh, link my time on her show and uh, her times on my show in the past. So I, I love your work on neuroscience. Uh, we've done, uh, I think, one or two shows about that, just talking about how trauma affects the brain and healing and neuroplasticity and all that great stuff. So um, as I said, I will link to that. And then I encourage everybody to check out um, rachelgrantcoaching.com. Follow her on social media. I'll put all the links, as I said, in the show notes. So let's jump right in. My 
the thing that I wanted to talk about today is something that I know so many um, people who are not only survivors of childhood trauma, but uh, those who struggle with other mental health challenges for any number of reasons. And that is just the emotions that come with so much of what's going on in today's climate, be it politically and with all of the tragedies with the school shootings and the mass shootings and just how much this whole quote unquote mental illness or mental health problem type of label is thrown around by everybody and their brother. And I know it can be very disconcerting for, I mean, I know it is for me as being a survivor and it, you know, you feel guilt, you feel judged, you feel like you're labeled and it, it can be very unnerving. So why don't we talk a little bit about perhaps some, some wisdom or insight that you can share on just really how to deal with all the stress that comes with, things that are going around in the world today with, you know, being a survivor and just dealing with trauma and all the um, blocks and and things that come with that. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind as I I think about this is really the topic of resiliency. And I think that word can mean a lot of different things to people, but when I, when I'm speaking of it is really our capacity to take in the data and information that is um, coming to us every day in all sorts of formats and all sorts of ways um, and to filter it, to regulate it and to, yeah, and to kind of uh, curate it in some ways for ourselves based on the level of resiliency that we have and our, our toolkit that we have available to us. You know, I was, uh, I love this TV show, Matt, called Sense8. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fascinating. It's all about these people who end up interconnected. They can, like, through their neuronal connections. Mm-hmm. Of course, I love that, right? Or, um, right. <laughs> and the nervous systems are all interconnected. And so they can be where the other person is and feel what the other person is feeling. But one of the things that they were talking about, it's a very global show. But they have characters who are in Nairobi and Seoul and... Um, London and, you know, just around the world. And during one of their conversations, they were talking about how in a matter of minutes these days, we can be exposed to such a high quantity of information that if you go back, you know, hundreds of years, that was just not the case, right? You might have your little neighborhood, you know, uh, paper or whatever, your little city paper that you might um, be tuned into or, and then, but as we've grown and we become more globally connected, you know, this, this gives us the capacity, which is amazing and wonderful on one hand, there's a lot of benefits to this, of being able to see what's going on in the rest of the world and be exposed to other cultures who we, that we might not ever have come across before, but it also means that we can so easily be inundated with information. And so tuning in and really paying close attention to our capacity for taking that information in, am I going into overload and uh, noticing when we need to turn that dial down for a little while. I'll pause there. I'll probably have more to say about it, but that's kind of what comes up, you know, immediately. Yeah, I th- you're right. I mean, and honestly, you know, you mentioned about how there there was a time, you know, a, a while back that we obviously didn't have the internet and there weren't cell phones and everything else. And I mean, even I'm in my my mid 40s now. And even when I was a kid back in the 80s, mm. like there was no internet. We had a handful of channels on cable TV. So if you were going to learn about the news, it was, or, you know, some kind of world events, it was either like a breaking news thing on the radio or you, or you waited till the paper or like the six o'clock news and that was it. So 
Now, obviously, in a matter of minutes or even seconds, tweets just get they they, they go global and everything else, and and it's just it, it is completely overwhelming at times. And um, I know one of the one of the best things that I've learned to do, and you alluded to it, is just unplug for a while now and then. And, yeah. you know, kind, kind of put some boundaries up with that. And I know it's so hard. Believe me, I am as attached to my phone as the next guy. And I'm all about connecting with people in my circles and sharing content and, and all that stuff. But I know, too, that I have to really monitor what comes through and how much I allow myself to take in and realize that, hey, sometimes this is just overload and um, I, I just can't yeah. deal with it. So I will, I, will, I will put my phone down for a little bit or I will just go out and do something. I will call a friend. I will, I will talk to somebody just to get some perspective because mm, I mean, how easy that. is it to just own yeah. all, all, all of the stuff that comes through? And yeah. you're like, you know, I mean, that I think that's one of the biggest struggles is, is, is not owning all this and taking it to heart and kind of mulling it around, but having some boundaries and some wherewithal to say, Hey, you know what, this is happening, but I need to take care of myself and not take this in so, so much in an internal way that we mull it around and just, you know, spend days and days and hours and hours or whatever thinking of, yeah. of, of what could happen or what might happen or why I somehow am a part of this. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you know, what that causes me to think about is a, a little bit around, um, oh, like the, the trap that I think a lot of survivors fall into in their lives in general is feeling responsible for taking responsibility of so many things. And we, we take care of everybody. And, and I think there's an interesting way in which our um, our ability to interact on a global level is exacerbating that for some of us. <laughs> and like you read this story about guns and you feel like, okay, what am I going to do to solve the gun problem? And then you read this story about, you know, um, people who are immigrating to this country being separated from their children. Okay, what am I going to do about that? You know, and then you read about the war overseas. And, and so before you know it, you have this laundry list of things that are all feeling really important. And, and almost, I think sometimes what I feel is paralyzed in that and, um, and hopeless because, you know, it can really draw on this despair. And I think all of those things can start to ping part of ourselves, right. That are historical or that maybe we're still very much in depending on where we are in our journey. And so one thing that, uh, I was reading the other day, it was just an article was talking about how, um, in this global environment, and when we have so many situations that are charged, that are, you know, in our face, to think about what this, what the one mission is that you want to support, or the one thing that you can commit to doing that will, will have an impact and will help focus your energy, um, because better to have all of that energy going towards one thing and having a really strong impact than maybe doing a little bit here and there in each thing that ultimately doesn't really make much change. So, you know, with that in mind, one thing that I really love to do um, to be involved is, uh, have you have you heard of fivecalls.org? I've heard of it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. But yes, I've heard of it. 
Yeah, so fivecalls.org, basically you go in and you put in your zip code and then they give you your list of representatives. But what I love more than that is they every day are putting out um, topics that are, you know, up and coming that are really important and, and that might be being voted on or that we want to raise awareness or that we really want to, you know, speak out against with our leaders. And they give you a nice little script. <laughs> so <laughs> I love that too. And you can use that to call or you can email. I use that in combination with this other um, tool called ResistBot. And I love that because you just text whatever uh, information you want to send and they put it together into the letter and they send it off for you, fax it off or email it off. And so I just have made a commitment to do that once a week. And that helps me stay engaged in a way that doesn't overtax my system because man, Matt, for a while there, particularly right after, you know, this idiot was uh, <laughs> elected. Sorry for anybody who's a fan, but I, <laughs> I am not. And I'm going to speak from my, my truth. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, I was just on the computer all the time and on my phone and on the news feeds and it absolutely had an impact on the emotional quality of my life. And so finding ways to titrate that, to limit it, take a break, like you were saying, um, has really been helpful. While also alongside finding some very specific ways to be engaged and be involved. Yeah, I struggle with that too. And I think, and it's a, it's a great point that, you know, whether or not you are um in like a full-blown advocate type of role in your life, or you're an everyday person who just wants to help make a difference. There's so many causes out there and, and, and you're trying to say, well, you know, I need to support this and that, and I'm against this and that, and I got to tweet this and send that. And you're right, like, before you know it, your whole day is spent right? day after day, week after week, trying to get in contact and make a difference. And you feel so often that that can lead to shame as well. Cause you're like, well, I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. I didn't send this. Well, everybody doesn't know that I'm against this or for that. And, and I should be doing more. So then we start shutting ourselves and we got shame everywhere over something that, that we're trying to support, you know, either for or raise awareness against or whatever, putting some boundaries in place, finding some causes that resonate with you that you can dedicate some time to each week to, as you said, get, get interactive to um, reach out to your, uh, lawmakers or to get involved with a rally or some type of cause, but then being able to put it down and say, you know what? I did enough. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm doing what I feel is important and, and whether or not somebody else thinks it's enough or not really doesn't matter because every day I have to wake up and deal with myself and my life and nobody else's. So, um, I mean, it's, it's great to be involved in all, in all types of causes, whatever they are. And believe me, I have my hands in a lot of them and things that I'm passionate about, but I know that. I can't spend every day trying to do every single thing or I'm just going to get burnt out and frustrated. And I think it's really just in, in, in your benefit to, to limit to your, yourself to some causes that you really believe in and understand that you're not doing this alone. You know, you're not the only one who's, who's out there, who's trying to make something happen. So reach out and get involved with others who, who are, are in your same kind of community and, and work together mm -hmm. and don't feel like you have to carry this burden of of whatever that cause is alone because that's just that i mean we have enough problems with shame in our life so you know, i mean come on we don't need to add to it anymore <laughs> right <laughs> cheers to that absolutely one and something else that, that we touched about a little bit is this whole internalizing the label of of mental illness or somebody mm -hmm. who's you know mentally you know just using the word mental health and just a really 
inappropriate way and people throwing it around now in regards to all of the violence and we know so-and-so shouldn't do this because they're quote-unquote mentally ill and and then we all feel guilty because we feel like we're being labeled with some Mm -hmm. kind of uh you know thing that that is just so so horrifically bad that you feel like you're lumped into these like mass killers and you know the the uh political climate that you know is just so chaotic all over the world not just here in the u.s so maybe Mm -hmm. If you have any thoughts on just ways that we can not internalize or or wear a label that, you know, whether or not people intentionally put it on us, we can often feel like they are just because of our past. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> There's a, um, a one of the people that I follow is um, leading edge parenting. I know this sounds like it's coming from left field, but um, <laughs> they recently um, did this article about labels. And I thought what was really interesting was they, you know, talked about how labels can be a really strong um, starting point. And by giving us, you know, kind of a container, a way of thinking about something, sometimes labels are extremely freeing. You know, I know for a lot of my clients, when they discover, oh, what I experienced was, for example, covert emotional incest. Oh, now I have that label. I have that term. I have that phrase that now helps me put into context the experience that I had, and it helps me to understand what's happening for me. Similarly, for somebody who's diagnosed with, let's say, bipolar or um, borderline personality disorder or DID, dissociative identity disorder, you can, I know I've had in moments in my life, those experiences of going from this is just really scary and confusing and difficult to, oh, now I have a label. Now I know how to, um, shift in what maybe to look for, what resources to look for, right? Or what medications Mm -hmm. might make sense. Um, But at the same time, I've been mislabeled, right? Right. Um, And uh, that was, that's dangerous. That's always dangerous, right? And, um, and then of course, when we have labels that end up, um, that don't go far enough, or we think that because of the label, we're now done. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, well, oh, yeah. I just deal with that, right. and then that's that, and there's nothing else that I need to do, so we stop looking, and that's, these were some of the points that were kind of touched on that I thought were really interesting in this article, and um, and then, yeah, when we have out here in society, uh, the conversation about these labels is that, you know, you're a scourge on society, you, um, you know, are, are dangerous, right? There's a lot of this feeling of, oh, if you've got this, you must be dangerous. I mean, not to mention just the, the political or the, the racial implications that are happening around this as well, where, you know, these white kids who are shooting up schools are labeled with mental disorders, while black kids who are doing nothing, right, are labeled as thugs and this, that. And so that adds a whole other layer that we struggle with when it comes to labeling and trying to understand the source of these, what's happening in our world and then where we fit in or don't fit in if we happen to share one of these labels. I love what you said about how labels can be a good thing. And I think it's something that we don't always really realize or or take to heart because you're right. When you can get a, a definition of something or a label of something, that that can be a good thing. I remember the first time that um, I, I worked with a therapist and she said that I was a survivor. And I'm like, okay, well, what's a survivor other than, you know, the whole like TV show thing. So 
once I understood like what that was about and I'm like, okay, now I'm a survivor. Now, what can I do about it? Like this opened up a whole new world of things that I could get behind and, and kind of something that I could wear, not with pride because I'm like, you know, glad that I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse, but something that I can wear with a resilient type of mindset of, Hey, I endured this shit and it was Mm -hmm. terrible, but you know, I understand what it means to be a survivor. I understand what I went through. I understand what anxiety has been doing to me. And I understand what, you know, all these different types of terminologies that I had never even heard of before, how they, they, they play a role in my life or in the people who I interact with. And that, it did open up a whole new world, not only from the emotional side, um, but also too, of course, from the physical side, when I was in the hospital earlier in 2018, this year, mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I was diagnosed with, yeah. with Guillain-Barre syndrome and I'm like, you know, the doctor spent days trying to figure out what was going on. That was more unnerving than realizing what I had. And then once I had that, that terminology, that label, they're like, okay, well now we know it's this. Now we can give you treatments A, B, and C and, and see what happens. So you're right. I think it's, it's good to keep in mind that labels don't have to be a bad thing. They can be an empowering thing. If you use them to your, you know, advantage in your own healing journey, um, and not kind of uh, internalize them in such a negative way. And then, of course, on the flip side, with the labels of, you know, mentally ill and everybody who, you know, owns a gun is terrible and blah, 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 like all these types of things. And, you know, I, yeah. stuff that, 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 that the president's saying and that world leaders are saying about us and we're saying about them and everybody has mental health issues. And it's just it's so it's so hard to not internalize that. And, mm-hmm. and and to put up boundaries because you know what I mean, it may be very true that some people who were involved in these shootings maybe they did have you know some type of mental illness you know maybe there was something going on but it doesn't mean that everybody who has that same diagnosis right. is that way or doomed to be to that have, way make those kinds of choices yeah, yeah right That's right so I think keeping that kind of perspective and you know as you know, when you live in the emotional moment, you're not thinking rationally and we can get caught up in the emotional moment in a hot second these days, just by seeing a tweet or something on our Facebook or something that somebody mm-hmm. says, sets us off, all of a yeah. we're off on a tangent. And then we sit back and we're like, you know, by the, by the time we have a chance to, to kind of take a step back and get some perspective and see what's really going on and how it does or doesn't affect us there, there, there could already be some damage done to ourselves or people we love. So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's an, uh, yeah, I love that. That's a really interesting point you bring in, which is just the how we're making sense of this and the kinds of dialogues and conversations that we end up having. You know, we used to be very um, nuclear and, and very community oriented. We would, you know, go out and sit on, at least where I grew up, you know, we'd go out, sit on the front porch. Folks would run by, you know, roll by, we'd have a chat or, you know, and um, or just smaller communities in which you would dialogue. Um, the trouble with that is that you end up being very um, insular in the viewpoints that you are exposed to. And I find it fascinating that that can still happen very much today, even though we are so global and have, you know, so much access right. that, you know, I find the articles on my newsfeed tend to lean, you know, in a way that I say yes or out, you know, outrage. But in social media land, when we begin to comment and we begin to have dialogue, that could be such a powerful place, but it often becomes this place where people just rage and shame each other. And, um, oh, it's, it's just really overwhelming sometimes. And that's upsetting for me just because I think there's such an opportunity that's being missed out on there. 
it's important for us to, as you mentioned, when you see something come through, come, come through on your newsfeed or, or, or you hear something on the news, to not immediately jump on the bandwagon of, yes, yeah. this is great or no, this is horrible. Because, right. you know, take, take a few minutes to, to get the whole story, if possible, or at least attempt to get the whole story before we go owning something or jumping on a bandwagon for, yeah, this is mm-hmm. great or, oh, my God, mm-hmm. this person sucks. And, you know, save yourself some, some mental exhaustion and potential stress <laughs> right and anxiety and be like, well, you know. I see something that, that, that so-and-so said, and, 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 you know, that, that, that makes me mad because I feel like they're attacking people in my community or people mm-hmm. who have this, this, um, you know, mental health challenge that I have or survivors or whatever. And it's, I mean, you know, in this day and age that a text or a tweet can be taken 10 different ways by 10 different oh people just yeah. based on the tone that we think somebody's trying to send through. And I've been guilty as much of getting a text and be like, well, what did they mean by that? Mm-hmm. Or, well, you know, they could have been more uh, professional or more kind in that tweet or, and so you end up analyzing and all of a sudden you've got anxiety and you're spinning out and you're mad <laughs> yeah. and you're sad and you're happy and you're pissed off and you don't know what to do because you jumped on the bandwagon of something that you saw before really kind of getting yeah. a, the opportunity to get the whole story and really saving yourself potentially a whole lot of grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, if we think about how that applies to just our journey of healing from abuse, I think there's a lot of crossover in that um, for, you know, one of the things that we've talked about, I think, in past episodes is just the um, the reactivity, right? How the system for somebody who's gone through trauma is dysregulated, meaning that, you know, the part of our brain that manages the fight, flight, freeze response is out of balance. And often I describe it as just like, you know, kind of stuck in the on position. And so we're out here in the world and there's information coming at us. There's from from our very, you know, our, just our very close circles to what we're talking about today, this, you know, global information. And our system is trying to process all of that. And if we are in that reactivity place, then it really impacts the way that we process the information, the way that we view what's going on, and it can further tax our system. So um, that's just causing me to think about, yeah, like, how do we find the balance in our own internal space so that as we are out there in the world taking this information in, we have that time to pause that's something I talk a lot about with my clients is just learning to pause is <laughs> such a big piece of this. And I think it applies to so much of what we're talking about here today as well. Yeah. And learning to pause, I think, is one of the best things you can do for yourself, not just in the world of social media and every, everything that's going on, but just pause in, in your daily life and be mindful of what's mm-hmm. going on around you and your surroundings. I mean, that helps. Um, with with anxiety, it helps with with learning um, healthy boundaries. It, it helps you to kind of keep your emotions in check before you go off on a tangent and start ripping yep. somebody a new one for something that you know perhaps was not their intention. And and then of course you know it's just I think that learning to pause is probably I found in my life one of the biggest things because I can easily do it. Yeah, you know, I mean I can easily tell myself, hey, I need to pause or I need to remind myself. To, to take some time to to think before I hit that send button on that tweet mm-hmm. or you know that, mm-hmm. that that text reply because you know in the end 
once I hit send, I can't take it back. And, and if I'm okay with that, then that's great. But I want to know that I'm in a sound mind before I get going on some type of, 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 of issue or, or response to someone or, or something, because I want to know that I'm going to own my own conversation and my comments. I want to make sure that I'm in a good, stable state of mind. And I mean, honestly, sometimes I've gone as far as putting up post-it notes in my room or random um, uh, reminders on my phone that just says pause or take a minute and stop and think. So that way it's in my mind and I am cementing that. So that way when the situation does come up that I want to respond and like, oh my God, you suck. This is terrible and everything else. You know, I have immediately in my mind that, wait a minute, I need to think before I do this. I need to think before I own something that wasn't directed at me or, you know, somebody who I know. And so doing things like, you know, hitting that pause button and just reminding yourself to be mindful, even when you're not in a uh, emotional place or, or, or some type of time when things seem overwhelming, those are the times to practice all these techniques. Oh, yeah. So true. So true. I love that. And I'll just kind of highlight and reiterate what you said there right there at the end, which is if we can practice in moments that are not highly charged, uh, then it's actually training our system to just do that. And so if we find ourselves in something that is more charged or more challenging, um, it's almost like muscle memory and your brain and your body will go, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. Pause. (laughs) Take a breath. Step back. Um, and so it's a way of really training, um, training our system in that way, which is so powerful for sure. Yeah, it is. And I love that we're talking about this here. I know that we're going to wrap this up shortly, but I just think as a reminder for ourselves that, you know, in this, in this day and age and with, with social media being what it is and access to news, just, just becoming more and, you know, so, so prevalent with, with, with all of our devices and, getting involved in causes that we believe in. I I just want to, I think, encourage everyone that Mm -hmm. you can't fix everything by yourself. You don't have to own everything. Take some time to get involved in the causes that you want to get involved in and be okay with doing what you're doing and know that you're doing enough and that nobody, nobody has the right to tell you how much you should or shouldn't be doing or what causes to get involved in or how you should react. You ultimately own what you want to do and who you want to be involved with and, and surrounded with. And, you know, take the time to put boundaries in place, unplug, check yourself, set reminders, do whatever you have to do to help yourself understand that you don't own a label of what somebody says unless you want to own that label. And I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things to take away from our chat is if there's something that you want to own as a label or whatever uh, terminology you want to do, then own it. And love it and live it and have a, have a great time doing what you want to do, but don't feel obligated to, to, to be a part of something because, mm-hmm. you know, you share a diagnosis or because somebody thinks you, that you should be involved in something because you are a survivor or you have some type of religious or you know, political affiliation. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting um, point you're making, which is most importantly, if we're choosing out a place out of a place of obligation, like I should do this because I'm, you know, a lot of times like I'm bisexual. So, oh, I should be involved with, you know, LGBT, these sorts of things. And I am to the extent that I want to. But one of the things that I noticed was like, just because this is part of my identity doesn't mean it's my cause. 
And I want to also say that for survivors of sexual abuse, you know, Matt and I were, you know, in the world of advocacy, you know, we've taken our experiences and we've shifted it into our work and, you know, our podcast and, and we've really become involved in that. But not every survivor has to do that. You know, just yes, because that's exactly. your experience doesn't mean you have to be, you know, out there advocating and, you know, raising awareness or, you know, maybe there's some other cause that you care about. What I will say, though, is one thing I've found over the years is that service, whatever kind of service it is, is a great way of getting out of ourselves. And I think a lot of times, particularly if we're in the early stages of healing, we are so in the trauma and we're feeling it and there's a lot going on. I loved in my early days when um, I was really in that place myself, just getting out and going to a food shelter and spending the day, you know, serving meals. That time, I call it a recovery timeout. <laughs> yes. And like, yeah, like get out of that sometimes and get out of yourself sometimes, like your own problems and your own stuff. Not that it's not important, but you know, there are, there's just other things in this world that we can put our time and our attention and our energy towards, and then we can come back. Our stuff will be there waiting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> but that little reprieve actually can propel you forward. Sometimes when we stay too entrenched in our own work, um, it's detrimental. So this one that that felt I just felt called to make sure to say that before we wrapped up today. Oh my God, yeah, I love that. Getting out of yourself, getting out of your own mind, put the focus on somebody else. That is so incredible. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up. I know when I was in the midst of healing and working with a therapist, and I was going to see her twice a week, and I was doing the courage to heal and doing assignments and journaling. I'm like, oh my God, I got survivor overload. Holy shit. And so, yeah, I mean, while, while I embraced that and I took it upon myself to really kind of own all the work that I was doing because I felt empowered to do it, I had to force myself and encourage myself to take some time out and to go get involved yeah. with, with doing something else just to give my, my, my kind of survivor brain a break or whatever you want to call it because – you're right. I mean, I had, I had such tunnel vision, which was good to an extent, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm focused on my recovery and doing all these things, but you know, it takes some time to go as you said, go to a soup kitchen, go spend some time volunteering at an animal shelter, whatever it is that you want to get involved in to, you know, if it's a passion and something that, that, you know, you want to do, you're, that's great, but you don't have to walk around with, you know, the t-shirt and all the garb and, and, and the tattoos saying that you are, you know, affiliated with something in order to want to just go enjoy spending time with a call, you know, doing a cause and, and mm -hmm. supporting something. It's just something that you can do in your time and still feel like you're making a difference. And it gives you a chance to get out of your head. Like that's, that's a great point and a great way, um, you know, to kind of leave some encouragement is, you know, do what you want to do when you want to do it um, in, in terms of the things that you want to get involved in, but man, don't own anything that you don't want to own and give yourself permission to, do it in whatever type of amount of time that you want to, because that's it's important, not, not just for, you know, you as a person and your own mental health and your own physical health, but for those around you that they can get your best, um, you know, effort and the best of you whenever you are involved and not someone who's burnt out and exhausted doing something out of obligation yeah. because you think you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Cheers to awesome. that. Heck yeah. I love it. So Rachel, this is awesome. <laughs> I always love having you on the show. We can wrap it up. Um, you can share where uh, to find you on the web and more about your beyond surviving program and anything else you want to talk about. 
Yeah, come visit me at rachelgrantcoaching.com. You'll find um, some opportunities there to get my three stages of recovery checklist that will really help you identify where you are in your healing journey and what kinds of resources to seek out to support you um, at that stage. And you'll also find in the resources section a link to my monthly support group and my podcast and other free resources as well as my master classes. So there's a lot going on over there. Pop on over. And if you'd like to explore enrolling in the Beyond Surviving program, you can link, uh, there's a link there on the homepage to submit an application for a 60-minute Discover Your Genuine Self consultation. And I'd be happy to connect with you and uh, see if I can be of support to you in your journey. Matt, thanks so much for having me. I enjoy it. As always, you're so easy to talk to and just fun to hang out with. So thanks for having me on again. My pleasure, Rachel. Anytime you are always welcome. And everybody definitely go over to rachelgrantcoaching.com. Check out her book, the programs, the podcast, the masterclass. It's all amazing. So we, we will bring you back again in the future with more great stuff to talk about. But again, thanks a lot, Rachel. You are awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you again soon, Matt. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day, knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.